Welcome to the Engineering Emotions and Energy Podcast, where you can relax, recharge, and reconnect. And now, your host, Justin Wink. Today, I'm talking about pain. Could be physical, could be emotional, and I want to know, when you experience pain, what do you do? Do you seek out drugs, distraction, perhaps end up in depression? Is there not another way? Today, I'm going to be talking about another option for handling the pains of life. First, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story, and then a bigger story. So the little story is that I recently had a really challenging physical pain come up the other week. I'd gone to the gym and was working out and get to the station where it's time for box jumps. Terrific. How big is the box that's available? Oh, it's the highest one. I, I can't remember if it was two feet, three feet, but I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I'm in the flow. I'm, go, I'm going for it. And I think I was about the eighth box jump. I am getting both of my feet on top of this big giant box. I feel this sharp pain in my back. I'm like, oh shit. I just pulled a muscle in my back. And if you haven't pulled a muscle in the back or had back issues before, it's just one of those where you just don't want to move. You kind of want to not do anything. Me being stubborn, I continued the workout. I was much, much slower in doing practically zero weight on anything, yet I still kept doing it. And it was okay enough for two days. And then I woke up on Wednesday and I was like, I think, I think I'm doing really well. Time to do some laundry. So I put my clothes into the basket. And as I'm going to pick up the basket, there is an even worse pain in that exact same area of my right middle back where I had the initial pull. It was excruciating and I was not having a good time. Now in the past, I would have been like, all right, let me get some Advil. Maybe let me make an appointment for a doctor to get seen by this. And maybe I can get some, you know, really good pain medicine. And that's not the option I went this time. I'll tell you about the option after now another story. So I, I don't exactly know um, when this story occurred. It was probably three, four, maybe even five decades ago. But it takes place on one of the islands of Hawaii, where if you've been to Hawaii or seen the pictures, you know it's just very picturesque, tropical, with gorgeous trees, water flowing everywhere, amazing birds and other wildlife, and just magical clouds and the way the sun can hit things. It's just gorgeous. That's why people love to go there year after year after year. Yet... Hawaii, like any place, has cities, has civilizations. And with that, there ends up being issues, challenges, and people that maybe are not fitting in well with regular society. And so there ends up being, in Hawaii, as in most places, there ends up being places for the criminally insane. And this is a place where criminals go that they just can't handle being in general population or maybe even special parts of regular prisons. So they need to go to this special facility 
for the criminally insane. And also, there ends up being people that maybe they haven't committed a crime, but their condition is just so extreme, so challenging, that they need to go to someplace, the exact same place. So basically, the most challenging to deal with from the staffing standpoint. And so this Institute for the Criminally Insane, it's such a juxtaposition from these people, you know, that are having a really challenging time, you know, controlling behaviors, controlling maybe what they say. And so the people that were working here had a really hard time being in this environment because you go into this prison-like area with these challenging people and then you leave and it's beautiful. It's, it's just, how can your mind, how can your body process that that difference from you know almost basically being in a hell-like environment to a heaven-on-earth type environment? And knowing that just between inside and outside, that's that's all that's, that's different. So this facility experienced lots and lots of turnover where it was really hard to keep just about anyone working there until this one gentleman started working there. And he was like, I'll work there but you got to let me do it the way I want to do it. And you can't ask me any questions. You just got to let me do what I'm going to do. And they were just desperate. They're like, all right, fine. You can do whatever you want to do. You can work here, do what you want. We're at our wits ends. Fine. Do your thing. So he's doing his thing. And like after a year, things have been getting better and better. Like the, there's not as much turnover. The incidences of maybe violence or stressful situations with patients, inmates, whatever they're called there, uh, are, are reducing. Things are improving. And they're like, what, what is it you're doing? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. Because if I tell you what I'm doing, you're going to have me out of here. Are you happy with the results? Then they're like, yeah, we love the results. All right, leave me the hell alone. He continues doing his thing. You're in, you're out. And after four years, they basically end up closing this facility or this wing of this facility. Because everyone that was there ended up being so much better that they were able to either, if they were a prisoner, go back to a regular prison. If they were not a prisoner, they were just a really challenging case mental health-wise. They were released back out into the public, able to do what they needed to do. He ended up publishing his results, because now he's had four years, undeniable results. You might be wondering, like, well, what, what is it? What did this guy do that had such amazing, stunning results? And what he did was he was using this traditional Hawaiian practice for reconciliation and forgiveness called Ho'oponopono. You're like, what is, what is Ho'oponopono? Ho'oponopono is, it's four very simple phrases. And you might be wondering, so he had to teach all these, these other people and staff and this, this Ho'oponopono technique? No, he didn't even have to do that. All he did was he would just go through each of the case files and he would practice the Ho'oponopono because, you know, he'd probably read this a history of somebody that did maybe something horrible or has had, you know, horrible tragedies happen to them and all of their challenges. And when we really sit with our own experience, whenever we read or we experience somebody else's experience, we'll notice that we have thoughts, we have feelings, we have challenges. And part of Ho'oponopono is it's about taking 100% responsibility for our experience and recognizing whoever, whatever happens in our life. We're talking about adults here, children, it's a little different thing. So talking about adults that you're 100% responsible. 
for bringing that, allowing that into your life. And you might be going like, yeah, but Justin, like, you don't get it. Like, I don't have this or I don't have that or so-and-so made me do this or so-and-so made me do that. You can say that. You can believe that because it is just, it's just a belief that it happened to you. I'll ask you, how's that been working out? Has that been getting better? Or you can shift and go, what part do I play in this? If you shift to, I'm 100% responsible for what happens in my life, then the question becomes like, well, what can I do to improve that? What's happened has happened. What's coming to me is coming to me. What can I do? And Hoponopono says, well, what you can do is you can clear anything related to this, even though maybe it's somebody else has the problem. When we become aware of it, we're all interconnected. Someone else's experience is effectively my experience. And when I experience your experience, when you share it to me or I learn of it or I, or I fe- have feelings about it, that is now my experience. And now that is my responsibility on how do I best handle and heal anything that might have to do with that. You might be asking like, okay, what are the words? How do you do it? It's so simple. It's as simple as it is powerful. And I'll tell you the four phrases and then I'll explain a little bit what they mean. Because you might be like, well, that's fucking ridiculous. I don't want to say that. Why do I have to say that? So the the four phrases are, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, I thank you. And you might be saying like, well, someone else did something awful. Why am I apologizing to them? It's not to them. The apology and all of these are to something greater than yourself. So this could just be like the highest aspect of yourself. It could be a God, it could be source, could be the universe, just something other than where you're coming from right here and now. You're not necessarily apologizing for something that maybe you did that, you know, would be a quote unquote wrong that you need to apologize, make amends for. In some ways, it's an apology for not being aware fully of what was going on, what was happening, what brought us to this. I'm sorry for not having known. And please, please forgive me. Hold no more uh, anger, negative charge towards, towards me for basically this ignorance. I love you for now letting me become aware, and I thank you for it. I thank you for this education, this ability to expand my perspective and to allow it to pass and to let go and to be cleared. So that's really all it's about, and it's short-formed. The four simple phrases again, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, I thank you. And so he was just doing this with reading the case files. And after four years, people got better. People got healed. And this is something you can do in your life. And I've been doing this for the past couple weeks. And I have found it to be very magical. And when I had that back pull, I knew that there really was nothing physically wrong with my body. It had gotten a little bit out of alignment and some misstep. And it really just needed some healing. My body needed some awareness and some love. We often think, well, I got to, when something's wrong, I got to go somewhere outside and get it fixed. But let me ask you, most of the time, if you cut your finger, just a little cut, a little, little bleed, a little pinprick, do you go to someone else to get it fixed, to get it healed? No, you just put a Band-Aid on. And you wait, and you know that your body is going to fix it. You know your body knows how to heal itself with something like a cut. Based on that, if you start to pay really close attention to most of the diseases that are out there, 
and what they are called and where the name comes from, you'll notice that the names are just basically fancy names for the symptom that is occurring. It's nothing but a bunch of Latin and complex words to basically describe in a medical-sounding way of the symptoms that are being experienced. It doesn't really speak too much to what is the cause. And the treatments don't really get to the cause of much of any of these things. They treat symptoms for the most part. Like, you know, you have a, a, have a headache and they've been able to identify what are the physiological occurrences happening in the body that are also associated with your feeling of a headache. Okay, let's have a medicine that then basically works on those physiological impacts. But what caused the physiological change to create the conditions of the headache in the first place? There's more and more research being done and showing that often a lot of those are emotionally connected, that we are emotional, physical, mental, spiritual beings, and that what happens emotionally can have an impact physically. If you want to work with some of your physical pains, now again, like if you had a very severe <laughs> cut, a broken bone, absolutely go to a doctor. I am not a medical professional. None of this is medical advice. It is always really good to consult with doctors, medical professions. They have a phenomenal place. I'm a big fan of science and other techniques. Why do we have to limit it to one or the other? So this is just more tools in your toolbox in addition to maybe all the tools that you've been using your entire life. When I had that really awful, horrible back pain that got exacerbated just by moving my laundry basket, my you know two-pound laundry basket, instead of going for drugs or for distraction, I was curled up into a ball or doing weird stretches and putting my hands to that spot on my back and repeating the Ho'oponopono phrases over and over. And I probably must have that day probably done hours and hours of it, of just, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, I thank you. I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, I thank you. Even though it took hours, I could start to notice shifts of muscles in my body of kind of like realigning or letting go or allowing for you know nutrients or whatever. Things were started to move. I'll be honest with you. I've spent most of my life ignoring my body or making my body my enemy. I'm just like, body, you better do this. like, Or I'm just not even going to pay attention to you. I got things to do. Like, just get in line. So to ask for forgiveness and be sorry to my body in some ways and wherever my body ultimately came from and to, you know, have love and thanks that now I'm aware and can start to care for my body in a more aligned, healthier way. And so the next day I had basically no pain in my back. I was effectively pain-free. Were there still some residual knots and tightness and things like that? And I you know, went and got that taken care of? Absolutely. But I didn't need any drugs. I didn't need any you know, horrible ways to distract myself from the, the horrible, horrible pain. And I wasn't you know, having pain for so weeks on weeks on end that I'm just like feeling hopeless. Some questions you might ask, you know, it's like, well, do I have to get the words in the right order? Nope, you can kind of interchange the the phrasing. There's lots of videos on YouTube where, you know, you can listen to that, go along with it. 
I recently did my Tuesday 20. So if you want to hear me do 108 Hoponopono rounds, go to my YouTube channel, Justin Wink PhD. It'll be the one that was recorded on, um, I think, uh, I think June 1st is June 1st, or maybe it was uh, May 31st. One of those. So that one, it also has Hoponopono in the title. So if you want to do it with me, go check that out. And it works for things happening that are stressful in real life. So like, especially while driving, someone cuts me off. I say those four phrases. At the very least, if you don't even want to believe, and you don't necessarily even have to, that there's something greater than yourself, just knowing your thoughts and your regular thought patterns, and that this is effectively saying, I'm not going to focus on my old thought patterns. I'm going to focus on this thought pattern of love and thanks and forgiveness and apologies. Don't you think you're going to feel so much better and enjoying life so much more if those are your thought patterns during times of stress and pain? Do encourage you, give it a shot, try it out. Let me know how it's working for you. You know, whenever there's something of pain or frustration, I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. I thank you. And with that, I do really thank you and take care and good day. If you want to contact the show, email me at podcast at justinwink.com. That's Justin, W-E-N-C-K. And find me on social media, Justin Wink PhD on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and YouTube. And if you want ways so that you can relax, recharge, and reconnect, find the Tuesday 20 every Tuesday at 12.05 p.m. Pacific. It's only 20 minutes, and it's going to get you relaxed, recharged, and reconnected. It's on YouTube, and it's on Facebook. So looking forward to seeing you there. 